We're all living in a world gone geek. It's time to geek hard or go home. The website is fake, but the podcast is real. Here's your host, Grounded Geek. Hello, hello, and welcome, friends, to the official podcast of World Gone Geek, the podcast network disguised as a pop culture parody satire site. That's right. The website is fake. The podcast, it's real. I'm your host, Jeff, a.k.a. Grounded Geek, and this is our second episode. We made it to another episode. It wasn't just a one-shot silly dream idea that I had and then didn't see through. Here we are, second episode. So it's at least a two-shot silly dream idea that I won't see through, but but we made it. We made it here. You made it. Listeners, you guys are with us. The podcast really is real. We're about to take a look at some top stories this week. But first, let's meet our illustrious panel gone geek today, back with us direct from his quarantine world ukulele tour of YouTube and Facebook. It's Utah and the Uke, Utah Shoe. Hey, Utah. Greetings, my excellent friends. How is everybody? I have a question for you this week. This is your okay. icebreaker question for today. Okay. okay. If you were a professional wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song? Oh, that's the good one. I had never thought of that. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. You know, I, I know for I some put reason, you on the spot. Yeah, that's like, gosh, because I, I want to like dive into like the Nintendo Super Mario world, <laughs> uh, world of, of music and but then for some reason, AHA's take on me is playing through my head. And so I guess I'll go with AHA's take on me. Okay. So it's kind of like the I challenge take why. on me. That's right. That's Get exactly in the ring right. and take yes. me on. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll actually I'll enter the ring with like a keytar going. There we go. Awesome. All right. And our very special guest today, not that Utah isn't special, but you've probably <laughs> seen him at a convention near you. He's come to be one of the most requested cosplay guests around the world, literally the world, and yet one of the most down-to-earth real people I know. Please welcome the incomparable Michael Nightmage Wilson. Welcome to the show. Oh, that intro, man. That was that was amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, we you know, you know, I'm a big fan. Utah's a big fan. The uh, World Gone Geek, fan. the whole World yeah. Gone Geek family, which again is just me and Utah. But uh we we we're big fans. That's all you need. That's and so all you need. So we're really glad that you're here. But same question. I know and I know you're a WWE guy. Like you're you're oh, a go yeah. go to WrestleMania guy. You like tailgate, you do the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. So you probably already already have put a lot of thought into this. You've probably like planned your whole You've wrestling got this in your career head already, don't you? I, I actually have it. I like when I was younger, I wanted to be a wrestler. So um thinking about all right, my entrance theme, man, like Right. It's done. <laughs> now, now I'm stuck. You know what? Um, um, I don't know why. This is the first thing that popped in my head. The touch from oh, uh, nice from the Transformers movie. Yeah, yeah. You now I wish that was. I wish that was the one I was going to say. Now that that is that's like the first thing. Oh my that's god, brilliant! So Actually, probably probably like any Boy, song from that soundtrack. I don't care. That's awesome. That's true. Yes. That would be great. Now, uh, so follow up question. This I just this was not written down. What would your wrestler like name and identity be? Would it be Nightmage or would you be a? Oh no! You'd um, come up with something new. I would come up with something new. More likely, my gimmick would probably be something comedic. Like <laughs> it would just be something off the wall. Like one of Nicely my favorite done. wrestlers was Repo Man. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. He was so off the wall. He was going around repoing like he just takes stuff. stuff. He just takes stuff. So it would be something like outlandish, like that. Like I don't know. Like I'd be like a plumber or something. I, I don't know. Just some stupid. We're back. We're back to with Super Red, Mario Brothers. I was gonna say with red yeah. overalls. There we go. And a big mustache. You could be Mario uh, Utah. You could be Luigi. You guys could I'll be, be a tag team. Yes. Yeah. I didn't give as much thought about it. I mean, I knew the question was coming and I didn't really think about, <laughs> about it myself that much either. But um, the first song that kind of popped into my head that I think would be just like this awesome, like driving beat to walk into would be Enter Sandman, right? By Metallica. Oh, I could totally yeah. like that one, yeah. totally hear that. Problem is, though, I would be a terrible like professional wrestler. And so I actually would probably be like that would be my my persona too, like the Sandman. And I would come in oh. and I would be wearing like uh, like a, you know, old you know, 1940s nightgown and a nightcap a or something. And then I would come <laughs> in into the ring 
And like, as soon as the bell rings, I would like, I would have like narcolepsy, you know what I mean? I would like, fall asleep. asleep, like in the middle of the ring and they would just pin me and it would be over. So it was like one of those foregone conclusion, you know, you always know who's going to win. They would, they would only bring me in when they wanted, you know, to somebody. They wanted you a know, fixed fight. Yeah. They wanted somebody who was going to be, you know, they're trying to get a new, <laughs> new guy up and coming. Like, well, give him the, give him the Sandman. That's what we'll do. So that, so you picked the wrong Sandman song then. You should be the, the other Sandman. Enter, the, yeah, but that's uh, not as cool. That's not like, I'm, I, yeah, I, that's I think that's slow. the funny is the driving energy, and then I'm telling. Oh yes, home. the juxtaposition. <laughs> got it. Right. All right. Oh god. <laughs> let's get the show started. It's wonderful to have you both, but uh, let's go ahead and get down to business. It's time for our this week in gee. That's right. We're scraping through all the pop culture news of the past week. We curate it down to just a few things of import. Here's the top five things you should know. Number one. All right, if you were a kid in 1983 with HBO, you without a doubt got a thrill. Whenever those bass lines came in and we followed Gobo the Fraggle down a cave into the crazy world of Fraggle Rock, I know you sung along with the theme song and it sticks in your head. It's very memorable, very nostalgic. Fraggle Rock, another genius brainchild of Muppets creator Jim Henson, and it became a beloved international favorite of a generation. Well, Apple TV has been showing some brand new three to five minute shorts for free since late April or so. And since that has happened, they've now announced that they are bringing... The Fraggles back in a brand new show, Fraggle Rock, Rock On. All your favorites are back. Gobo Moki, Wembley Boober Red, right? Even some of the original performers like Dave Goals is coming back. He's the great Gonzo, as you know, from the Muppets. And with the no news last week of the Muppets now coming to Disney Plus and now this, it's like there's this new Henson renaissance, right? We had the Dark Crystal series come back. I mean, it's just really great to see all these things that he created coming back. And I am loving it. I was a huge fan of Fraggle Rock. I, I you know, love that show. And in expectation of the new show, Apple also acquired the rights to the original series, which will allow them to include it on their platform, which is, I believe leave their first real acquisition mostly apple's been you know launched with original programming their own stuff right? and this is this is a, an acquisition that they're going to show all the original fraggle rocks as well as these new ones so what do you think utah are you ready to dance your cares away I am ready to dance my cares away. Uh, when when the, when the original show first came on, I remember it was on HBO. I, we didn't have HBO, so I didn't catch on to Fraggle Rock until it somehow arrived on on uh, free TV. Um, but I love the show. It's got one of the catchiest TV themes ever. And I found out it's only three chords, just FYI. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did watch a couple of the, uh, the shorts that are on Apple TV, and they're great. One of the things that I love is that it's very, very familiar. It doesn't look like they changed anything about them, about the puppets themselves. The voices are spot on. Um, I do sense, and this just might be my bad memory. I, I feel like the, the two shorts that I saw, the first two, um, there seems to be a, a kind of sweetness to it. Not that there wasn't any sweetness or, uh, or kindness in the original, but I felt like from what I remember of the original, there's a lot of frenetic energy going on too. So there is um, a kind of a little... Um, excitement going on and and the two shorts that I watched the two episodes uh, were very leaning heavily on sweetness and kindness and it very much could be a product of the times that they were made and the times we're in now yeah um, but I'm excited you're right it seems to be a Jim Henson Productions kind of renaissance and I'm um, excited to see all of the Henson stuff I can't wait yeah for Apple what about you Michael did you watch Fraggle Rock uh, all right so two things I gotta say here and one you're probably going to be really upset with. <laughs> Number one, HBO in 1983-84, I was not watching Fraggle Rock. I was watching at like 1 a.m. the little blurry lines <laughs> to try and see. That was, that was me back then. But I also have to say, Fraggle Rock, actually, I never really was a fan of Fraggle Rock. Like, I loved the Muppets. Like, Muppet Babies was, that was my show. And I always kind of figured... <laughs> Like, later I figured it was kind of like Friends and Seinfeld. Either, like, you loved one mm. and hate the other. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. They were kind of the same thing, but you just either, you know, you just preferred one over the other. So, yeah, the Muppets were always my thing. Fraggle Rock was, ah, I couldn't really get into it. But I, I'm actually happy to see it coming back because actually exactly what Utah said, um, it, it is kind of like an innocence. It's almost like Sesame Street. It's 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 so sweet. It's so lighthearted that I do think that we kind of need that right now. Mm -hmm. And Fraggle Rock actually, you know, coming back and having like a, I guess, a resurgence and then like a new generation coming and seeing it. I think that's 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 important. So I'm I'm happy to see it come back. Will I watch it? 
property. I hear but you. I hear you. And if you have kids, for sure, right? It's coming. I mean, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to, you know, tune in every episode. I definitely will watch it just for the nostalgic aspect of it. Um, but yeah, my kids are all older now, and they're, you know, they're not going to be into it. But right. Um, but you're right. You know, and it was kind of a it was kind of a mix between. The Muppets and Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock was kind of this middle ground, right? So it it, it had the, a little bit of the zaniness of the Muppets, right? But it but it was still like educational and you know always had like a, a moral or a lesson, uh, which was more like Sesame Street. So it was kind of like this weird, you know, somewhere in between. Though it's funny, uh, one of the things that producer Michael Frith said back in the day, I found this and I was doing some research. This is a quote from Michael Frith. Fracker Rock's simple ambition was to open kids' eyes to the interconnectedness of all things and the unassailable fact that their own actions would have consequences. And you were right. There is no more time than right now that kids should be hearing that lesson. And and I don't know that there's a lot of shows doing that as much anymore. You know what I mean? I think shows actually, like cartoons, period, in the 80s and early 90s, that was their thing, was just message, message mm-hmm. after message. It doesn't matter what episode it was. There was some sort of message in that episode. And, yeah, cartoons nowadays lack that, man. Like, I, it's just, it's almost sad, but, it, yeah. yeah, cartoons lack it. That's true. I remember I remember rushing home after school to see the whole Transformers G.I. Joe hour. Oh, yeah. And, yes, I look back on it now, and they were obviously just – 25 minute long commercials for the toys. Right? Sure. But, <laughs> which, but which, yeah. which we yeah. bought. We, we which, bought. Which, uh, <laughs> which worked. And sinker. It, it, it worked. I can't, I can't, I'm not denying that it worked. But yes, at the end of each episode, they always had a little moral lesson, right? Yep. You know, it's always knowing is half the battle, G.I. Joe, right. you know. Always something. Awesome. Yeah, they don't do that. Before we move on, a little bit of trivia that's kind of interesting about Fraggles is did you know that Fraggle Rock was HBO's first original series? So, what? so Tony Soprano wow. and the Lannisters, Game of Thrones, they owe everything to a bunch of fraggles to, and the Lannister always pays his debts. So, and maybe that's, maybe that's what's happening now. They're getting a resurgence because, uh, so what, yeah. you know what that means? That means an, a Lannister has to guest spot on the new fraggle. Right? That, that I, like, I kind of want to see a parody done of like, <laughs> <laughs> like fraggle rock done but with game of thrones or game of thrones done with fraggle rock characters like that would be awesome fraggle well sesame thrones. street has done it fraggle. google it sesame street did it it was oh, that's great. right what oh yeah sesame street did do a, they did a game it, of thrones and it's fantastic so yes it's check hilarious. it out number two we're staying in the kids oriented realm just a little bit it was a good week for kid geeks i gotta say so uh, it's i'll be watching and wishing i was a kid again this new show it's a star wars show premiering on youtube of all places it's called star wars jedi temple challenge for generations the jedi orders have been the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy Padawan teams must endure three challenging rounds of Jedi trials to become Jedi Knights. No, 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 no! From the strength trials on a distant world... Keep going, keep going. ...to the knowledge trials aboard a Jedi Star Cruiser. Your answer is correct. Yes. Only one team will have what it takes to enter the Jedi Temple. Use the Force, use the Force! Face the mysteries inside... Here's the circle plug. ...and prove their bravery to become... Jedi Knights. You got this. I believe in you. Go, 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 hurry. Push in this red. Push in this red. Will the Padawans be tempted by the dark side? <laughs> or keep their minds focused on the light side of the Force? May the Force be with you always. Now, there's only one thing for you to do. This is my favorite part. Punch it! Give up. Trust in the force. By the right of the council, by the will of the force. Yeah. It's time to face your Jedi Temple Challenge. So imagine, if you will, Legends of the Hidden Jedi Temple. It's a kids' game show set in a galaxy far, far away. I, I just want to know where was this when I was a kid? I think I'd have peed a little in my 12 year old pants when yoda's voice comes out of the mist there i don't know okay yes all right that was now, that was good that was pretty cool now i'm only fit to be crotchety old hermit luke right because you know with the quarantine beard going on maybe they'll let me walk up one of the kids take a lightsaber and fling it off stage we'll throw it i just want to be on i just want to be involved i just want to be part of it can they i just i just, and, I just, I just had a vision of like 
you drinking milk and it's just running down your beard. <laughs> it's just running down his beard. <laughs> and the kids are horrified. And they're like, what is happening? Get us off this show. Parents are covering the kids' eyes. <laughs> anyway, it's hosted by Ahmed Best, which is phenomenal. I love to oh, see this great. guy yes. getting some Star Wars love. He does, If anybody deserves it, it's Ahmed oh, Best. He deserves it. Um, but this is going to be fun, I think. No, Michael, I, I just have one question. How do we get them to make an adult one? What do you think? Oh, dude, listen, I love being a Jedi. Like even ever, like every Christmas now, I, I still take like empty Christmas uh, wrapping to paper and just use it like a weapon. Awesome. But if I was a going to show like the first thing I want to do, and it sounds sick, but hey, I want to kill some younglings, man. <laughs> like I just want to slaughter. Some, I also want to go to the Jedi temple and just slaughter some younglings. That is the path to the dark side. Hey, listen, but it was hey. Anakin looked like he had fun. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we're all we're I'm learning saying. so many things about you today. <laughs> we're in a whole different picture of Michael Nightmage Wilson tonight. I'm kidding. No, but no, show, I, I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Like anything, anything Jedi, anything Star Wars related, I'm I'm excited for. Yeah, man, that looks like it's going to be cool. It could be fun. I, I I didn't I didn't find any news. I should have looked this up, but isn't it odd that it's on YouTube? Why wouldn't that be on Disney Plus? It's very strange. I think I, I think I, I remember hearing about this um, back at Celebration in Chicago, and I think originally they had planned it for Disney Plus. So I honestly don't know why it's premiering on YouTube now. I'm curious to see what may have happened between uh, then, where it was part of the Disney Plus kind of wheelhouse and now it's on youtube i don't know if they're thinking because it's free it'll be a, a broader audience maybe i don't know yeah i think they probably want to gather people in first to gauge the uh, yes. you know hook and, them. And, and, hook and them. then say hey come over to disney plus exactly yeah probably so, true. Uh, we mentioned this last week disney plus has my first son anyway so i mean <laughs> i'm there isn't your I'm firstborn son like how he's like 16 now right he's six, i think he's 16 i don't know i haven't seen him yet <laughs> Disney Plus Ever took them away you got Disney last Plus. year. Exactly right. Yeah, I, I prepaid. I think it's going like to be a lot of show. fun. I, I, again, it's one of those things that I just wish, I just wish some of this stuff had come out when I was a kid nerd instead of an adult nerd. Because they have I a, totally would have been all over something like this. They need to have like a Jedi Challenge Wipeout show, right. for adults. Oh man, right. That would be awesome. There we go. <laughs> I also want. Well, I will say this real quick. I want to know the backstory of the droids on this Jedi challenge show. Cause I you know there, there's, yeah, there's a couple droids. There are a couple droids there. It's a I mean, C-3PO. Not, it's not C-3PO, but it's like, right. But it's another uh, humanoid sort of humanoid. And then, a, a, an and then like, it looks like an R5 yep. or something. I think so. Number three. All right. It's kind of a follow-up to our discussion last week where we discussed the state of movie theaters. We talked about AMC's potential bankruptcy, and now it looks like things are starting to right themselves there. Actually, analysts have upgraded their stock due to reduced risk of bankruptcy now, which makes you wonder what that means for the talks Amazon was in as far as purchasing the troubled theater chain. But it may be good news for moviegoers, especially since it seems like, you know, economies are starting to open up again around the world. And a lot, a lot of movie theaters were, were not going to open again until they had something to show. And they were even talking about bringing Endgame and other, you know, like big blockbusters back to try to get people in the theaters. But um, personally, I'm excited about Christopher Nolan's new film, Tenet, right? Oh, Tenet. It's scheduled to come out on July 17th, and that might be the first big movie back on the big screen. So some theaters are already opening around the country. Some are doing only a four-day weekend opening, and they're closed during the other day. So, um, you know, they start on a premiere Thursday and go through Sunday, and then they're going to power clean everything during those other days. Um, and <laughs> then have to. And then, yeah, they're going to take measures to promote. They should power clean those anyway. They're disgusting, right? And they the should. Yeah, they are. Uh, that was, that's without the coronavirus. But um, <laughs> they're going to take measures to promote social distancing, such as plexiglass between concession and customers, like you're seeing every now and they're presumably not going to sell out the theaters right they're actually going to leave spaces between the seats which i wish they have always done right this uh, again even pre-coronavirus i would love to have uh spaces between the seats give me some room people but i don't know utah are these measures enough to get you to go see tenant with me in july i'm still deciding i don't oh, know gosh well well, well I, I'm, I'm still deciding come july you know we we learned i said this last week we, we learned so much every day about what's going on about this virus and, and what's what seems safe and what's what doesn't. And so, you know, next week there could be a study with data that shows that, you know what, it's 
the social distancing and reopening stuff is is okay and should be enough. And if that's the case, I'm all for seeing Nolan's Tenet. I'm, heck, I'm trying to, I'm replaying the the trailer forwards and backwards, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, yeah, um, it looks it looks crazy. I mean, it lo- it looks it it looks fantastic. I thought Inception it, was hard to follow, but right, right, it definitely looks like something that would really really take advantage of the the movie theater experience, the big screen and the and the and the big sound, right? But you know, I I don't know. July, maybe, maybe the way things are going, maybe. Michael, what it, what would it take to get you back in the theater? Um, so to be honest with you, like, yeah, that, that definitely. <laughs> so I don't have to take out a bank loan just to right. get some popcorn. Actually, right now, I honestly I would go. Um, if I I used to go to movies really only for like um the Marvel comic book movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I just I love being in the theater with that type of energy. Sure. You know, for like Endgame and just yep. like any kind of like premiere opening. Um, so that was the only time I really went to the movies. But anything Christopher Nolan, I'm there for too. Like, yeah, I think that uh, drive-ins are actually going to make a resurgence. Um, yeah, there obviously, are. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, obviously, now like with the streaming, that's going to be a hit hotspot. So I, I I hate to say it, but I think going to the movie theater, having that theater experience with people, is is going to be a thing of the past very 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 soon. Yeah. And that sucks because I love doing the theater experience with people, mm-hmm. but I think just because of this and I don't know, the times are changing and, and, and with technology, it's just easier and more convenient for people to stay at home. And True. You know? I, th- I think you're right. I think at the very least, the movie theater experience is going to be different. Uh, and whether that's, you yeah. know, and, and that's not even just taking, a, taking into account, um, you know, not selling, selling at the theaters and power cleaning and everything and all that stuff. But I think, I feel like they were already trying to add like value added stuff. The here here's a bar so you can buy drinks before you're moving. Right. Here here's a bigger arcade. Hey look, we have a coffee shop mm-hmm. um and gourmet stuff. Um I feel like they're gonna have to put more value added and extraneous things to bring people back to the theater to see that movie. But you're right, I it'll be very interesting to see how the movie theater chains survive this because they're you know, they're already on rocky ground i'm glad to hear that amc got upgraded but it's still iffy right yeah so right number four last week the big news was the release of the snyder cut the long rumored long hashtagged long sought after cut of the film Zack snyder set out to make when he took reins of justice league but had to step aside because of a personal tragedy well now warner brothers is floating him 20 million dollars to finish his allegedly four plus hour epic and that's now got the geek world scrambling what other films are out there with insert director name here cuts of oh boy here come more hashtags so uh, allegedly there's a feig cut of ghostbusters there is a um, supposedly a trank cut of fantastic four no uh, airs uh says there's, right, there's an airs squad. cut of suicide squad and now fans are even asking for a simon kinberg dark phoenix cut which i'm sorry simon kidberg had two chances to tell that story and blew it both times i don't want to see it anymore and i love simon kinberg please that's i love all the other stuff that he's that he's involved in i mean the guy's behind star wars rebels with filoni so i mean you know the guy does other things but no he is he has told the phoenix story twice and blown it both times and i'm sorry he just i'm not ready for any more of his his takes on that you notice there are always cuts of films that did poorly, right? But what director of a terribly received film wouldn't want $20 million to basically try again, right? But Snyder Tommy had a up. true reason he couldn't finish, right? <laughs> Tommy was up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> a remake of The Room. That would be very interesting. I, I want the Wizzo cut of The Room. Yeah, well, we basically got it with... Uh, with uh, oh, right, with the, uh, the disaster. Seth Rogen and um, uh, James, James Franco. Franco, right? We basically did. And yeah. it was, yeah, it was kind of... That was actually pretty good, that movie. That it was made. funny. It was good. All right. But um, Snyder basically had a true reason he couldn't finish his vision. You know, they didn't make it. But Trank, unless Trank's vision completely replaced everything that did make it in the film, how much better can it be? We're talking about fantastic four right i mean it was it, the rest of the movie was was what i had a problem with i don't know what was on the cutting room floor but if this if it was anything like this i don't want it and ghostbusters okay slightly interested because the extended cut of that film actually 
fixed a few Made things. It, it was a little bit better, but it was still not great, right? It was still, but it was improved when we saw more of it. And Ayers with Suicide Squad, I'm just not a fan of Club Kid Joker. So, and that's not because of Leto's performance. I thought he was a good, like, actor of the Joker, but I, I just was, I just couldn't buy into the look for some reason. That was my biggest problem with it. But uh, I actually liked Suicide Squad. I don't necessarily need another one. I thought it was fun. I was entertained by it. And I mean, it wasn't great, right? It's not, this isn't like, you know, but I, I mean, I liked it more than Batman versus Superman. I, you know what I'm saying? No, I liked a, it more than Justice League. Uh, I'm just saying, like, I'm, like, I'm like, these are the movies that DC made that I actually enjoyed. So let's, you know, let's not do that. But what do you guys think uh, about some of these takes? Do you want to see an Ayers cut? Uh, are you interested in see what Trank had on the cutting room floor? Uh, you know, I, 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 I was, I was afraid that something like this would happen where all of a sudden uh, either other directors or fans would start clamoring for, well, if, if, you know, our quote movement or hashtag brought in a, a, a director's cut that we want to see, then what other movies are, are there that were there are probably different other versions and other cuts and will these directors jump in on it? I'm not that excited about the Snyder cut of justice league. Uh, I'll see, uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely want to see it, but I'm not like super excited. It's going to be that much better of a movie. Uh, and I kind of feel the same way about everybody else that's been mentioned. At what point does it become sort of George Lucas messing around with special editions? Yep. And, you know, at what point does it matter when it's released and is it ever finished? I, I don't know. I, I feel like this could this could go down a, a, a slippery slope that I just don't want to go down. What do you think, Michael? I I um, actually, I, I agree with that. I think the reason why the Snyder Cut is so popular and everyone kind of wants to see it is because initially it was supposed to be a part of a bigger universe. So seeing what he was doing to build upon that universe, adding Green Lantern, adding Martian Manhunter, you know, showing Dark Side, people want to see that because now you can kind of fill in the blanks and imagine what, you know, what the universe is going to be like in the future. You know, if it ever gets there, or even if it doesn't get there. But stuff like Ghostbusters and, and Fantastic Four, they're just one-offs. You're not really, it's just that. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know what right. I mean? Right. So you're not really, okay, you're not getting anything extra to kind of look forward to or imagine, well, what if? But with Snyder, I think that's that's the interesting part is saying like, oh man, like, like say a Martian Manhunter, like imagine if we would have got like three more movies and then, you know, that, that's the interesting part. And that actually leads us right into number five. With the resurgence of Justice League and Snyder's vision, Warner Brothers and DC seem to have had a change of heart with Henry Cavill. And after initially all the news reports months back were that they definitely parted ways and Cavill was done being Superman this past week. Every pop culture news site on the planet was talking about Cavill coming back. Likely he'll be back for any reshoot Snyder does, but he may also be Superman in other films. There doesn't appear to be a Man of Steel 2 in the works, but uh, there's Shazam 2 is coming out, maybe Aquaman 2. Uh, he was actually supposed to be in the final cafeteria scene of Shazam. Do you guys remember that? But they did a shot where you couldn't see Soup's right. face. Instead, it was from like the neck down, yeah, which behind. maybe is what Whedon should have done in his version of Justice League instead of CGIing the mustache, right? Just only so Superman from the back or from the neck down or always having like floating debris right Wait, in the way of his face you know mustache? i don't know i for i for one uh, i like cavill but in fact i've had no problems with any of the casting in these films batfleck i actually thought that was great casting it's it's the films themselves that have been duds not for a lack of effort from these actors so if henry's back as superman i say bring it on what do you guys think Listen, he ain't my Superman. He ain't Christopher Reeve. No, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, no, yeah. no, I'm, no I'm no, I'm with you there. I mean, <laughs> I think he's done a fine job as Superman, but no, no yeah, Christopher Reeve is always going to be Superman for me. Yeah, yeah Christopher Reeve is always going to be my Superman. Like, sure, yeah, yes. but but with Henry, honestly, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think he he fits the role great. Um, he's a great actor. He has the look. Um, everything. It's just it's it's been the script, and it's just been that director's vision that's that's been bad, but. Him coming back as Superman, yeah, actually that that kind of excites me. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I've never had an issue with Henry Cavill's casting as Superman and uh, in Man of Steel. I thought he did a great job. Uh, actually, in, in all the movies, I thought he did a great job as uh, as being Superman. And when I heard that they they had cut ties with him, I was kind of disappointed because um, I enjoyed his performances as 
Superman and Clark Kent. Um, and his chemistry with, with Lois, with Amy, was uh, also very good. Some of the best parts of those movies were them two together. I think that he's going to be doing the uh, Nick Fury thing. I think he's going to be the Sam Jackson of, of the DC universe. Like he's just going to pop up stuff. here and there. I don't tie, think, tie, every, tie the worlds together, basically. He's going to be he's going to be the common. Well, like maybe he's more like Coulson. Then I don't know. Yeah. But he's going to be he's going to be uh, small roles and cameos here and there to just trying to keep everything together. The problem with Superman in that type of role is that he's way too powerful to have cameos. It's almost like you know you have these these catastrophes happening. It's like, dude, where were you at? Like, right. You know what I mean? Right. He has to be everywhere. That's uh, hard. Yeah, yeah then, it's weird. Then you, you run into like that that Avengers problem where like, well, where was Thor when it was all this was going right. on? Or, yeah, well, so. I feel like the same thing will happen when they finally introduce the X-Men to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, where guys, you could have helped us. <laughs> we could have used some mutants uh, a few, uh, few months Wait, you back can when the whole the world weather? was about to end. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Well, I got to say... We're going we're gonna to take a break. That's our top five uh, this week in Geek. We're going to take a quick break for some sponsor talk, but we'll be back and talking with Michael Knight, Mage, Wilson in just a little bit. Don't Whoa. go anywhere. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, again, we're only two episodes in, so no sponsors yet. <laughs> Haven't even been seeking them, really. But uh, we're wide open to work with someone who has a heart for geek culture like we do. So spread the word. Uh, but if you do like what you hear and you want to help us offset some of the costs of keeping this content coming every week, you can support us through our Patreon creator account. So we've got some tiers over there starting as low as like two bucks a month. Uh, and your support will be used to help pay for hosting and other costs associated with doing a regular podcast. And we've got some fun recognition and some swag for folks willing to jump into some of the higher tiers. But uh, we hope you'll listen because that's the best support you can give. Listen, spread the word, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Definitely do those things. But if you wanted to, you can do that at patreon.com slash world gone geek. Thanks again. All right, we're back. And now we're finally going to take a moment to just kind of get personal, get one on one, get up close and, and, uh, and personal, but at least within six feet, <laughs> uh, but at least, but still with six feet distance, social distance between us. Um, and get to know who is Michael Nightmare Wilson. You don't want to know that. <laughs> well, I mean, we know, so I, I really would like to start, start from the beginning. So, uh, where were you born? <laughs> <laughs> so, I swear, uh, if you ask for my social security number, <laughs> like, we're done. All right, no, seriously, though, um, yeah, t- tell me, uh, like. I mean, tell me who was who was uh, Little Mage? Like, who was what was Little Mage like? When did you first realize, wow, I'm I'm kind of a geek and I'm into this this stuff. This is who I am. What what when did you what do you, what would you say is your 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 earliest geek memory? Um, you know what? Actually, I have to contribute it to my brother. So uh, my older brother, he's a fantastic artist, and um, I used to watch him draw. And uh, I used to watch him draw like um, Marvel characters, and I. I you know, I didn't read any of the comics or anything like that, but I just, I loved his art. And so I, I used to take his art to school and pretend like I, I drew him. Like, <laughs> you know, everyone knew I was lying. But, um, you know, I, I used to watch him draw and then I started getting into the comics that he was reading. And then uh, I remember the one of the first things I got into was Ninja Turtles. Mm. And this was back when, you know, it was the black and white comic oh, yeah. turtles like, they yeah. were so not even like, the tv show you started with the comics that's great yeah man that's and legit. then i remember yeah i remember the the tv show coming on and i remember seeing it in the tv guide like teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> what is this and um and i was like oh my god nothing like the. <laughs> i was so excited to tell my brother i was like look 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 like it's a tv show and so we you know came home from school one day and watched it he was so mad. <laughs> I loved it, but he was so upset because you know, he, obviously, it wasn't like the the comics. But um, yeah, that was that was my first introduction to the kind of geek culture. Is is, is my brother? Uh, obviously, like video games, I was always into. But as far as like comics and and, and TV shows and cartoons and stuff, yeah, my brother. And so and and then eventually, you got to the point where you decided you were going to start dressing up like some of these characters. Uh, tell us how that started. So I actually always loved Halloween. Like Halloween was I was about always to say, one Halloween. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
like the the one Halloween I remember, and I think everyone probably had an experience like this because back then, the costumes at Halloween shops were like those like really hot, like plastic, <laughs> plastic masks and stuff. Yeah. So I was um I was uh, who, oh my god I was a uh, Gizmo Gizmo one year. No way. Whoa. And, Dude, that costume was so hot. I ended up getting a bloody nose in our little Halloween parade. It was terrible. But, um, yeah, I used to just love dressing up. And uh, one Halloween, 2011, um, I wanted to be Green Lantern, Jon Stewart. Nice. And, uh, no, that wasn't a costume really you could find at any kind of Halloween shop. So uh, my girlfriend helped me sew it together. And, and I very crudely sewed it together. Went out to the bars and had fun. And then... um. A little bit after that, I got asked to do a charity event uh, because I had superhero costumes. So I did the charity event, and then it snowballed where I just started doing more and more charity events. And then I started doing conventions. Like, I knew of conventions. I just didn't know. uh, I never really had access to them, you know. But uh, I went to my very first convention at the end of 2012, and as soon as I walked on the floor, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm with my people. This is amazing. It's like coming home, right? Yeah, and then and he realized he was with his tribe, and that and that's it. And I, I've just been addicted ever since. And yeah, it's my passion. So Green Lantern was your first official kind of cosplay style costume, would you say? Yeah. To be fair, well, to be fair with the Green Lantern, I wanted to be Guy Gardner. I always have loved Guy Gardner. Okay. Only way he had the yellow ring. Right. That's it. But um, at the time, I didn't know if it was going to be socially acceptable for me to be. A traditionally seen white character. Interesting. So I chose my second favorite Green Lantern, which is John Stewart. So um, now, now that I'm, you know, I'm in the cosplay community, I see what it's about, and I know that man, I should have done Guy Gardner. I could do Guy Gardner all day long. But you know, back then I, I had no idea. Um, but yeah, now totally different idea. But um, so my second costume was actually Spider-Man. Actually, I bought a Spider-Man outfit. And I figured that was okay because I have my face covered, so it's fine, right? right? Um, And then that's when I kind of discovered the cosplay community. And then I made a Batman costume. And that was the first costume I wore to a convention. I I find it fascinating that you you were concerned about whether or not you would be accepted but playing someone outside of your race, because, right? That you were, I mean, were and, and because that, now, certainly. and I know for a fact that your 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 Batman has been hugely inspiring to a lot of kids who see you and think that could I could be Batman, right? Right, and and that was the thing it was like when I again when I first started I didn't know any better, so that's why I'm really really adamant about people who want to get into cosplayers or like their first convention ever that they really do like leave knowing that man sky's the limit like honestly cosplaying and is nothing but your fan art of this character so i want you to pretend like this character is going to be a representation of you and and my job is to make you believe that that character always looked like me so just, just sky's the limit. Just do it. Yeah. And that's what I, and I gotta, I mean, I'm going to butter you up a little bit. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about you, uh, as a, as a cosplayer, as a, I mean, I mean, you're kind of a celebrity in the cosplay world. I mean, uh, I mean, you're, def- you know what I mean? I know you're too humble to admit that, but people know who you are and you've got a pretty good following, but you've always had this positive message, uh, body positivity, you know, diversity, it doesn't matter. Like, and, and you don't always do your costume exactly like the character. It's sometimes you add your own little creative touches. It's like, this is, this is my version of this character. This is, this is the way I see it and, and how it would, you know, how I embody that character. And I love that. And I think it's a lesson that, that, even some veteran cosplayers still need to hear um, and and learn, uh, you know, because you know uh, there's there's some people out there who can can uh, look down on other folks and and there's oh, different definitely. things like that. Um, but your message is is so great, and that's why I want to be able to get get that out. I know the first time I met you was at a comic con here in Cleveland, a little small one. It was just in the, in a hotel lobby mostly. And, uh, um, I was doing, uh, I was promoting extra life at the time and you were at the table next to me and you walked up in that spawn costume 
and I nearly peed my pants. I'm not even joking. I am. I was such a huge fan of Spawn, right? Todd Todd McFarlane, you know the. Uh, um, I loved his run in Spider Man, and then when he did Spawn, oh, I'm just. Yeah. I was a huge fan, and when you walked up in that, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is that's." It's like this is really Spawn. The costume is so good, and you guys can find pictures of this on. He's got them on his Facebook page and things like that. But um, it's amazing. But and I'm sitting next to you doing you know Extra Life and. I, I, I was like, I'm not going to cosplay. It's not really my thing. My, my, my kids like to do it. Um, I've done a couple since then. But at that time, I decided since my beard was kind of growing out a little bit and my hair was a little longer, as I kind of spiked my hair up a little bit on the sides. And then I shaved the center of my face so I could be like uh, Hugh Jackman, you know what I mean, kind of look. Yeah. Although I'm definitely not built like Hugh Jackman, let's face it. And then I wore <laughs> I wore some dog tags and um, I had like a, a white t-shirt, a white t-shirt, and then like a, the lumberjack type of shirt or whatever. I just it was just for fun. It was kind of like a casual cosplay, you know what I mean? I wasn't like really trying. I was just like this is suggesting Wolverine, and here we go. And you were like. Wolverine and you're like and you were praising that and and making me feel good I'm just like no I'm just yeah I didn't I, I'm just doing this to you know I I wasn't really I just really out cosplaying. I'm just you know I'm trying to be but you were so positive and just kind of made me I'm like all right yeah I can be Wolverine why, why not right and this is and so I've I've always remembered that and that's one of the reasons that I really uh appreciate you and uh while I'm at a charity table right next to you uh, you're raising money. I forget what it was for. Probably make a wish or one of those um, with your prints. And so your everything that you do in cosplay is for charity, pretty much, right? Like I said, the, the charity aspect is kind of how I started. So um, it got to a point where um, I was I was doing charity events, and then I started getting invited to do conventions. And I got to a point where you know I would get asked to go to a convention in California. But I had a charity event coming up, and it's like, well, how do I choose those opportunities? Like, I get to, you know, go to California and do this, but I got to do this charity event. So I figured, all right, well, why not try and combine the two? So what I started doing was wherever I go, I raise money for a local charity, um, just for like signing autographs and my prints and stuff. I just give them away for free and just raise money for for that local charity. Um, so it's like it's the best of both worlds. I get to have fun and dress up, but be able to use it and be able to give back too. So it's, it's, it's a win-win. That's great. I, 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 actually, I was going to add on to your, your Wolverine story. Okay, add on. So yeah, it was like um, your Wolverine, man. Think about it. We were just talked about Henry Cavill and how I love Christopher Reeve and you love Christopher Reeve. If you take any character, you take Superman, you take Wolverine, you take Batman. Well, maybe not Wolverine is like, like <laughs> Hugh Jackman's got like, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's played it for so long and played yeah, it so well. Yeah, right. it's tough. But you take any character, depending on the actor, the director, the artist, it doesn't matter. That character has been seen twenty million different ways. So how come you know you can't be Wolverine from Earth number two hundred ninety eight? <laughs> right, where Fair you're, point. you know what I mean? Where, absolutely. You where he spends so, a little too much time at Wendy's drive-throughs and uh, yeah. Right, it's, 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 it's Homer Logan. There you go. It's Homer Logan. <laughs> Snick. Don't. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> we lost Michael. Uh, I want to see that now. <laughs> Somebody should do that. I love those I'm, mashup costumes, too. Those are the best, you know, I where people put stuff together, right? Done. It, it has to have been done. I mean, the cosplay community is so creative. Um, and yeah, I, I'm being quiet most of the time here because I'm just really just kind of fanboying because Michael, I, um, everything that you've done, I've, I've followed you for a while. We've met once or twice before and, uh, everything that you do, it's for charity. Your costumes are, are fantastic. The positivity you send out into the world is, is a blessing. And, uh, so I'm just sitting here kind of fanboying. So I'm just going to, I'm going to sit back from my mic now and just make me blush. <laughs> well, one of, and, 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 and I was just going to say like the, the, the pictures that I had posted, um, of, of our, of our past encounters are some of my favorites. Um, yes. your Kratos and your Scorpion. Are oh yeah, those awesome. are great. Thank you. One of the other things that you're kind of known for, for cosplay is, well, one, you make them all yourself. 
and you you post some of your progress on Facebook, which is always kind of interesting. And then to see like how you went from idea and a couple of pieces of foam into this massive costume. But but you're you're very much about budget cosplaying, right? Like you 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 don't spend right. a lot of money. You find ways to make and reuse a lot of stuff to make to make these costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, like that process. Yes, it um it kind of started because you know again when I first started cosplaying, I didn't know anything about it, so I was, you know, I I was spending buku money on stuff, and um it was a Judge Dread actually, a Judge Dread group, and um I had got recruited to do it, and they were doing like replica costumes of the Dread costume, which is amazing. I love that modern version of Dread, um. So they were doing replica versions, and just like the bodysuit alone was like four or five hundred bucks. Wow! You know? and, and I'm started thinking about. It, I'm like, man, I, I plan on doing this for like a while, and I love going to conventions, but I don't want to drop that type of cash. And like, if people can do it, and we want to do it, awesome. But it's just not for me. So, um, that's when I I kind of said it in my head that like, like if I'm gonna do this, I kind of do it, gotta do it on my terms. Um, so I set the budget at $200. If I can't make it, modify it, you know, whatever for $200 or less, then I'm not doing it. And that's when I had to start thinking outside the box and start realizing that, you know, what, it's not necessarily about the materials that you use. It's the creativity that you put with mm. it to, um, you know, make it look awesome. It, it, a $5, you know, item can look like 100 bucks if you wanted to. So, and, and honestly, that's... Look at, you know, WWE, like half of their costumes and, and props, cardboard and foam and right, stuff, stuff like that. Right, stuff you find at the store. Stuff, exactly. Yeah. Hollywood, same thing. Like half the, the items that they, they make is just is throwaway items. And so that's kind of the, 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 the idea that I had to go with. So I, I really want to show that like anyone can do this and it, it, it can be expensive if you want it to be and that's fine, but it doesn't have to be. No, and your results speak for themselves. I mean, this, the you, the costumes look spectacular, and no one no one would know by by seeing them in person that uh, you know you just had stuff from the house or from from the store, and you uh, went ahead and modified and and created that costume. The quality is outstanding. Thank um, you. One of the things one of the things that's sticking in my mind is for Candyman. What did you use for the? <laughs> <laughs> so I smell delicious. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> Candyman. Um, so for like the bees and a lot of the uh, the the maggots, I use Cheerios. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and it just, looked fa- just, and it looked great. Cheerios with some hot glue on it, and then a little bit of airbrushing and and some fake blood and so. Man, it looks it looks and it real. Great. It looks great. And like yeah. I said, I, I smell delicious. Um, so you use a honey oat Cheerios then? I, I <laughs> did. I did. Now you've also you've fun. also received some uh, some feedback because Todd McFarlane actually has seen your spawn, right? Didn't you get a chance to? Yeah, that was um that was like the first costume I did that kind of went viral. And I remember to this day, I was driving home from Cleveland. And I was on 422, and my phone went off, and I, I looked at it, and it said Todd McFarlane, and I swerved, and then ended up pulling over, and he actually commented on on the post of my spawn. He's just like, "Awesome work," and I just pooped myself. Like, oh my god! Yeah, right. And then um, so so um, I actually ended up getting to meet him um a year later at New York Comic Con, and I oh, wore cool. my I wore my spawn. I had him sign a couple of my prints actually, and then I gave him a couple of prints, and it was just, it was awesome. But he came up to me and he's like, he gave me this hug, and he went to go hug me. Oh no! And, Did he break something? Well, no, he didn't break. He he ended up stabbing himself. Oh no! Because oh. The spikes I used on my costume were cake icing oh, tips. I, oh yeah! And so they're actually still kind of sharp. And he's like, "Oh my god!" Ow! I was like, "Dude, like you created me. You should know better." Right? What are you doing? Nice. <laughs> But he was, he was awesome. He was very humble. Very he's he's the type of guy he loves to meet his fans. He's he's awesome. That's well, great. before we wrap this up, I have one more question. This is really going to put you on the spot because uh, uh, I know that this is probably going to be really hard for you to answer. 
But, um, well, first of all, how, t- tell us how many costumes you have made. Uh, so actually, I probably will be finishing Sepentor tomorrow. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that's going to be like 221. Crazy. Wow. So of those 221 costumes, uh, which is your favorite one to inhabit? Uh, like just oh, to be, okay. right? Like not the one that you like Right, the not most, just to wear. But, but yeah, be, that, yeah, it's just like when you put that on, you're like, this is, this is me. This is what I want to do. Okay. Um, I, all right, I got a couple different answers. That's actually a good one. That's like very specific. That's good. So I would say actually to, to be, because I just feel like a badass – Probably either Kratos or Hellboy. Nice. I would say actually to embody, uh, obviously just the Grinch. Mm, like I love. That's the, fun. Like, it, there's something when I put up in the Grinch, and I can just be a total jerk to everyone. <laughs> and everyone loves it. It's Are we so seeing the fun. real Michael now? Do we just, all this charity and all this you know wonderful things that we've and all this praise we've heaped upon you, and deep down you just want to you want to kill younglings his heart, and be, be his, an absolute. His heart is three sizes too small. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I, I know, know what you mean. Though. The, the villains, villains have more. They fun. sure do. You're it, right. It is true. You're yeah, right. it's, it's true. true. There, there's no arguing with that. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we got one more segment we're going to do real quick, and then uh, we're going to say goodbye. It's time for the 90-second Geek Rant. That's right. It's time on the show we do our 90-second Geek Rant, a time when we turn the show over to you, the listener, and let you get your say. Again, we just started, so we're still getting the word out. Uh, so we don't have a 90-second Geek Rant this week. But because, uh, oh. again, I'm just using the show to let people know that we're doing it. And eventually, as we get more listeners, people will call in. But if you'd like to be heard on a future episode of uh, The Podcast is Real with World Gone Geek, please share your thoughts, complaints, praise, annoyance, whatever, about the world of pop culture. And we might use your rant on a future episode of the show. you got to keep it to 90 seconds and keep it clean. Share your rant at speakpipe.com slash worldgonegeek. Now, we'll put that in the show notes. That's our show for this week. I want to extend my deepest gratitude to my dear friend Utah for joining me faithfully once again as we traverse this podcasting world. Utah, do you got anything you want to pitch this week? You want to tell them about your YouTube channel again? Oh, sure. So, yeah, I uh, started, just started a YouTube channel, Utah and the Uke. I'm doing a daily ukulele cover of various songs and requests because I need to keep my sanity while I'm quarantined. Awesome. So check that out. And also on Twitter, at Koyuta, K-O-H-Y-U-T-A, right? Yes. Correct. All right. All the social media platforms. There you go. And, of course, uh, humblest thanks to you, Michael, for taking the time to be a part of this show. It's truly great to have you. I hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to have you back in the future, so we'll be in touch. Do you have anything? Uh, I mean, there's no – you don't have a con scheduled or anything, do you? Like, Right. I'm, I have nothing <laughs> going on for the rest of the year, so just, just come visit me on Facebook. Night Mage you on go. Facebook. Uh, you on Twitter? Any other, others? Instagram? Any of those? Yeah, uh, yeah. Night Mage on uh, Twitter. Night Mage, um, and then uh, Instagram. Night Mage one. Awesome. Thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in again. Be sure to tell your friends. Spread the word. Help us turn the whole world geek. Subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode. And please, you can really help us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast app, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, check out the website where we post geek satire and parody news, making fun of ourselves a little bit fake news for fun and entertainment at worldgonegeek.com. You can also get social with us at facebook.com slash worldgonegeek and Twitter and Instagram at worldgonegeek. And if you'd like to support the show, look into becoming a patron through patreon.com slash worldgonegeek. Make sure to join us next week when on the panel we'll be joined by Matt Shigarek, co-host of Promptly Written, a podcast where every month he and author Ian Lewis each write a short story based on a crowd-sourced writing prompt. Matt will be here to discuss the top pop culture news with us. See you guys next time. The Podcast is Real is a World Gone Geek production. 